welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Kearns, your host for today. And, and with us, we have got Beverly Luckett. So hi, Beverly. Nice hi, to see Michelle. You. It's lovely to speak to you and to everybody else. Absolutely. So um, today we're going to be talking about the journey from being an investor to a business owner and how you've managed to do that and your journey and uh, where you are today and how you started out. So um, at the moment, you you know, you consider yourself a business owner and you've got a company that um, that helps other people to become property business owners as well. Uh, but it wasn't always that way. So do you want to talk us talk to us about how you got started in property? Uh, yeah, so David got into property first um, and he really... Um, drove us we've been talking about being in property for a long long time and it was um there was always something coming up and we decided in the end not to we got scared off a little bit thinking about voids and all sorts of things and we didn't really know what we were doing um we read the book property magic and uh david um, literally threw it at me across the 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 tent because we were on holiday and we're great campers and he said read this and the thing was he had several of his clients were and good friends were in the book and he okay. couldn't believe it. Okay, um, so he was, uh, he's an accountant. He was an accountant. Was an accountant. Yes, yes. Okay, that's interesting that his clients are in the book. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. And he's a, he's a brilliant friend with Andy Haynes and has been for okay. mil- a long time. Right. And uh, he, he knew that Andy was doing something in property, but he always thought you needed lots of money. So he'd sort of not talk to him. And then, uh, you know, we, we suddenly realised that there was all this, stuff that we didn't know about and that we could find out about so we uh, took a long hard look at what we wanted to do and uh, we didn't have that much money having had a business going to administration um, a few years before so it was it was quite difficult to you know it was quite a few years ago but it was difficult to um, have all of our all of our money had gone on that so we, we were having to rebuild so we didn't have like a pot of money and so we had to build from nothing. So we decided to go down the service accommodation route because we could do rent to rent deals and we could, David is brilliant at sorting out systems and we could get a system up and running really quickly. So he went down that route. And of course, he is now a case study in the new edition of <laughs> wow. Magic, which is really funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so was... I just want to pick up on the bit about uh you had kind of looked a little bit into property but thought that you needed money and you didn't have enough so therefore you didn't look any further into it and then suddenly you kind of read about different ways to make money in property without having um that those upfront upfront cash reserves so obviously there's lots of different books about property but what was it that kind of made you think actually this is possible for, from it's not possible to it is possible. What was it? Um, it was just being able to read about the different ways in which you could control property, not just having to buy them. We thought that you'd have to do it the traditional way and buy one and, um, and then rent it out and then build a deposit and then buy another one. So when we moved from Redditch to London, we, we, we sort of thought, well, should we rent out our house because we bought it or should we um, sell it? And because we were so worried about voids and there was all these scary stories, we decided to sell it. And honestly, it was the worst decision that we'd made. Yeah. And we've regretted it ever since, because had we kept it, it would have paid off our mortgage 
on, right. on the house that we live in already. So we would have been mortgage free. And of course, we didn't. We'd sold it. And because of peaks and troughs in property, we bought it at the top of one peak. It went up and then came down and then we sold it here, even though we'd done a complete flip on it. So we made no money on it either. So our experience of property was not brilliant. Um, And we didn't know that you could do all this stuff with it. So once we found out you could, it was like, oh, right, okay, let's go for it. Because we could then, we knew about businesses, we knew about running businesses and we knew how to do it really well so that we could um, just look at it as business. So it was right. sort of like a different way of thinking. Right. So for the people who are listening, who want to get into property in a similar situation, they've gotten, they don't have the money, but they don't know about all the other strategies. Um, what would you say to them? I would say go and do some research and go and go and talk to lots of people, go and talk to as many people as you can about the different ways in which you can, the, the different properties that are out there, the different things you can do with the properties and the different ways in which you, you know, your business strategy and what you can then uh, have a direction for your business and your business strategy and make sure that you've got a good, solid business. Because the, the, the strategies you were just mentioning then, the rent to rent, where you rent the house from the owner and then you rent it out again, sort of subletting it with their permission. Um, and the same with using the house as a Airbnb style serviced accommodation. So uh, those are ways that you can access the property world without, uh, yeah. without the upfront cash. It, it so. was about building that cash flow. It was about building that monthly cash flow so that we could then build up a pot so that we could then start buying things. So it was yeah. all about the cash flow. I think that's really an important point because a lot of people don't want to get into these strategies because they think that it's too much work they don't want to be you know managing tenants but when your options are limited if you don't have that cash flow there's really only a few ways to go around it so um you know some people this is me well i want to be in big development projects or you know um i want to be really hands-off you know that's great if you've got the money yeah you, you, you have to it's it, it, it's a it's a process and you have to start somewhere and you have to start on getting cash flow because if you don't have that cash flow you, you you are you don't have the opportunity to be able to give up your job so you've got to work on your cash flow then when you've got your cash flow you can then work on your uh, capital reserves and then you get a chance and you know if you think of uh, if people have read rich dad poor dad uh, robert kiyosaki which i love and the cash flow quadrant he talks about the development of a business and you go from being employed to being self-employed and when you're self-employed you do all of the work and it's all reliant on you and that's what a lot of landlords and a lot of property people are doing you then work your way up to being a business owner and this is when you put systems in place and you're starting to get hands off and you're starting to be able to give up some of that control now, some people find that transition very difficult because, A, they like to be in control and they've never done it any other way. But, B, they don't have the understanding to be able to put those systems in place or understand that the work that they do now can improve their business going forward. It's only once you've got a business that you've got that systems in place that you're starting to get hands off. And then once you've been through that, you can then go down to the bottom quadrant, which is where you can be completely passive. But you've got to go through that process to be able to come out the the bottom end of passive unless you've got a big stack of money and you invest in other people's deals yeah you're never going to be able to bypass it yeah so very few people 
in the property world actually have what we call a passive income. It is probably more passive if they are still working because it just tops up what they're doing. Um, but it, 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 it's a big process to get down to that passive side. And we talk about it being a big process a number of years. So from from when you started out and buying your first property or or the rent to rent or whatever it was you first started out with to now, how many years are we talking? Um, well, for us, it's not too far. David, uh, I think it was five years ago yeah. that he, so, he started. So it's not it's not too far. I gave up work two and a half years ago and William joined the business nearly three years ago. So, um, you know, it's now supporting three of us, which is which is fantastic. Um, but that's because we've got the knowledge yes. and the experience yeah. to be able to put those systems in place. So David was running quite a large serviced accommodation business on basically about 20 minutes a week. Yeah. And that's because of his systems background, because he's so brilliant at it. And yeah. then we've grown our HMO, our shared houses side, really big, very quickly because we've got the really correct business strategy, yes. because yeah. we've put that correct culture in place and because we've been able to manage that entire process and our tenants and, you know, yeah. we've got an enormous amount of experience in building that type of business and the culture and you've got to make sure that you do it correctly yes. to be able to give you that more hands-off. So we're, we're now up in the business sector. We're not down in the passive sector yet although that is in the plan because yeah. you've just got a plan and work towards it. So that's our plan for the next five years. Yeah. And I, uh, I love this idea of having that plan and going through the process. And I, I you know, so for people who are just starting out, it can sound overwhelming. So I kind of wanted, wanted to make the point that if you've got the right systems in place, you, you've got, you, you're educated and you're surrounding yourself by the right people, then uh, you know, it is possible in the relatively short term to yes. get to that point, you know, and especially if people are on their own or they don't have, you know, uh, massive expenses to cover um, to get to the point where you are replacing a day job income. Uh, it is it is possible. And, I, you know, I think it's great that how you started out, because for some people who, you know, they're thinking, oh, I don't want to do it that way. Actually, a lot of the time it's about opening doors mm. and it's, just just getting started just getting involved in the property world rather than being on the outside looking in um you know it, the the experience that you can gain from that is so valuable mm. so um it is possible <laughs> is what we're saying yeah it <laughs> and, is possible and i've never worked in an industry that has been so open to yeah. sharing ideas not just with newbies but you know um people that have been in it quite a long time and it's having that network of people and being able to talk to people regularly, the same people, and to talk through your challenges and your business challenges, not just your property challenges, is really uh, valuable. Yeah. So um, you've obviously had, you've come into property, although you haven't invested before getting started, actually, you've come in with that business mindset. So you started off. Okay as an investor working with landlords and working with um, homeowners and then actually were you putting those business systems in place from day one or was it a case you needed to learn what to do first and then you worked out the business as systems as you went along? 
Uh, no, we put them in from day one. Um, the thing is, think about, I use this analogy for school uniform, which I can remember when your mum bought you a school uniform. In September, the blazer would like down the end of your arms. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, this is ridiculous, I'm so thick. And then come um, come right. June or July, the, the it actually fits yeah. you. You know, she was really clever, your mum. <laughs> and this is why, you, this is the same thing with businesses. You've got to grow into your school uniform. Yeah. You've got to grow into your systems. If you don't put the systems in place, A, it's a lot of hard work to try and change them. Yeah. And B, you're not doing it correctly. So you're not, if you think about how big your business wants to be, so this is where you need a plan. You think about how business, big your business needs to be and you put the systems in place to be that big. Now, they may change, but if you consider the systems that you need when you're there, you will build a better business. So if you think, um, I, I, I want to have 10 houses, I want to have 10 HMOs and I'm going to self-manage. So that's like a, a goal. That's what you're going to do. You then put the systems in place. And when you are doing, would I do this if I had 10 houses? If the answer is no, then you don't do it. And you find a different way of doing it, a system or some way of doing it. Now, there are costs involved with that, but it means that you can grow much quicker because you've had that forethought and you don't have to then go back and retrofit systems because it's really annoying. And we've got direct experience of this. So when David had his accountancy practice, he took on his accountancy practice software and he took it on because it was cheap and we didn't have much money and he was doing all of the work. So he took it on. As soon as he got a little bit bigger, he had to swap to a different software and a different system. And it was painful and it cost yep. a lot of money and it would have been cheaper in the first run had he just started how big you wanted to be at the beginning. So we have real first-hand experience of this. So before we took on our first, um, we, we negotiated our first rent-to-rent -rent on our shared houses in the October because it was an ex-student property that they couldn't rent. They were really happy with it, but it, it was taking a long time to get the contract sorted. Dare I say the agent was getting in the way. Once we got rid of the agent, it was a lot smoother. Um, we'd negotiated what they were going to do and by the January, February, we'd, we'd signed the contract and we were able to start work on it. Now, in that time, between the October and the February, David built all the systems to be able, so that when we had the property, even though we couldn't um, get any tenants in until the April because we, we were having to do work on it, it was all ready to have tenants. It was all ready to do all the marketing. It was all ready to, to, everything was ready that we needed for the systems. So we didn't then, at that point, we were exhausted because we'd done all the project for the first time and you want to do everything so you get all excited. We didn't then have to go, oh shit, how are we going to get tenants in? How is this going to work? We'd built the systems and it was already in place. Yeah. And so it's so important to do that. I think it. what comes to mind is you don't know what you don't know and um and so it, it goes back to surrounding yourself with people who have already done what you're trying to achieve yeah. so that you can put you know you're aware of these things because it, it it's really hard isn't it to kind of say especially when there's so many different options for systems and nowadays software and it you know should you have this one or that one and uh it's a bit mind-boggling especially when you're starting out and there's there's everything to be learning and doing at the same yeah. time so um what do you what do you think are the key um the, 
key systems that people should put in place from day one um, bearing in mind that most people starting out will be short on cash you know the, the, the more wary about spending um, where, where should people start well uh, when you're talking about project management and you're you've got lots of people working or just you know, it might even be a husband and wife partnership or um, a business partnership we found Asana is brilliant because it's free. You can, there is a premium one, but the free one is brilliant. And that allows you lots of collaboration and you can give each other tasks. Now, I've heard of people that have done this on WhatsApp, but WhatsApp is quite difficult to control. Yeah. In Asana, you can assign different jobs. So we've got um, our 90-day planning because we're really good at quarterly planning. And we help lots of people with their quarterly planning because it's so important. So we have a quarterly planning project. So if there's anything to do with developing or building the business, we assign it to, to that. We've got our coaching business, our training business, and we've got our shared accommodation business. So there are lots of different tags and we can put them into different things. And if it's a new property, right, okay. we're doing a project. So you can look at your sauna and you've got your to-do list there, but actually it's allocated into the different projects. So you know which one you're gonna be working on first. And that is really powerful tool because you've got it on your phone, you've got it on mm. your computer, you've got it wherever you need to. It's there so that if I'm at a property and I see an issue and I need David to do it, all I need to do is type into my sauna, allocate it to him and it's right. done. Okay. And there is no, no problem with that. So a sauna is really useful. Um, zero with an X because I always spell it wrong. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so why isn't this coming up in Google? <laughs> <laughs> designers and marketeers got involved there um, no zero is brilliant um, it doesn't cost a lot but it is really good because it integrates with a lot of systems so even if you're only small and you're only using it small now as you get bigger and you've got more systems it will allow you to integrate with it much better so like the service accommodation we used zero and it can integrate with stripe really well right. okay. stripe takes payments so it's it's having that interaction so that's a really good value. We also use GoTenant to onboard our tenants because it's really, it, yeah, if you're small and you're, you're uh, you know, you're not doing that much property maintenance and you're onboarding tenants, it is fantastic. It's really reasonably um, priced. You can, you can link it all the way from applicant all the way through to um, having a tenant and checking a tenant out and it links to zero. So you can create an invoice for your tenants every month so your bookkeeping gets reconciled really easily. So that is a really good system to be able to use. We also use Google Docs because, again, with collaboration, you can, if you're looking at property deals and things and you've created a, a Google Sheet, whoever you give access to that can look at it. So when we're helping some of our businesses, um, who, who are growing, they can share that Google Sheet with us and we can see exactly what they're doing. But also, if David is working on a document and I'm working on a document or Will's working on a document, we've got that collaboration. We can see, we can all be working on the same document at the mm. same time and everybody's got the most up-to-date version because when you're thinking about systems, it's that swap from one person data, one person to another person. Yeah. That is when... Uh, systems break down quite a lot it's that swapping of information yeah. 
So there's some really simple, just easy things that you can do in terms of systems to make things really simple for you. Yeah, I remember someone said this. They must have given me a spreadsheet and said, um, even if you've only got one one property and you you know there's all these different elements to the spreadsheet, just fill it in. And even if it's the only property in that whole spreadsheet, uh, you know it, it doesn't matter. Just get used to it. And I think that was that really stuck with me. And and I did remember filling it out thinking. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I can keep track of this in my head. I don't need (laughs) to do this. But what you're doing is you're you're building that capacity in your brain to be able to work like that. And although we're very used to Zoom and working electronically, it's not always um, easy to be able to switch from paper to computer if you're not used to that. So when you're building your... Uh, file structure on your computer even down to that you know have a folder for your company so we've got a red door homes folder we've then got different folders for all mm, the different yeah. things and we've got one for portfolio and then within that we've got one for service accommodation one for hmo and then within hmo we've got all of our properties and within each property we've got different you know these are the pictures these are the documents the, these are all the folders that you can go all the way through and you can find things really really easily yeah it's like here are all the certificates (laughs) things you need all the certificates in one place all of the contract in one place because you need to look at them so when we onboard tenants i have a folder under the portfolio called tenants um uh, and in there each tenant has a new folder so i put all their onboarding information if i'm if i'm collecting credit reports or stuff and i need to keep it welcome pack it's all in one place if I've sent them any letters, it's all in there. So that everything to do with that tenant is in that folder or yeah. on go tenant. So it makes life a lot easier. So when much easier. As soon as you start getting yeah. more tenants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and because I started life as a as a as a word processor operator, which was oh my god, that was back in the day, that was a long time ago. I'm so used to this right, okay. very methodical, methodical file structure. And of course David Bean Systems is very yeah, used yeah. to it. So it, it it just makes life easier. And I don't know how people don't cope with without yeah. that file structure. And that's just that's simple. That's something that costs no money, but it would make your life so much easier. Yeah. Uh, okay. So is there anything that um that you think looking back you would have done differently in terms of systems because obviously there's an element of it's although it is uh, a business and business systems are replicated across different types of businesses because this was property was there anything you think you would have done differently at the beginning um was there anything we would have done differently that's interesting probably probably not i tell you why because David is brilliant at it and he yeah. researches all of the systems and then just tells me what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> great. So I'm not the person to ask on that. David is great and uh, he does continually amaze me and improve great. me all the time with systems. So even our coaching clients, we've got a, 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 a software package and a, a coaching software which enables us to be very uh, on the ball with our coaching clients and keep them accountable. Mm. So everything is systemized. I love it. <laughs> I'd be like, right, okay, I need a new software. Let's spend two hours on Google researching all the ones, get completely overwhelmed, and then think, I'll do that tomorrow, next week. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I say is, I'm struggling to do this, and David goes, hmm, okay, I know how to solve this, and he will just solve it for me. Brilliant. <laughs> Everybody needs a David in their in their life. <laughs> 
That sounds great. Um, so you started off with the rent to rent, did some service accommodation, and then um, and then what was next? Then what was your and also can I ask, was there a plan to what was next, or is it just a great deal came along and that happened to be the strategy? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> We, we plan everything and we have to plan everything because everybody likes a plan. It, you know, it, it, it gives me a surety that we know where we're going. And if we don't have a plan, we end up flapping around and not doing anything and not growing. And uh, we both then struggle and William struggled. So you've got to have a plan. Yeah. And so we have a five year plan, we have an annual plan and then we have a, a, a quarterly plan. And we review these plans all the time because they do change. Because obviously I became a grandmother last week. So that's congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we we deliberately went into service accommodation because we need, knew that we could create that cash flow because we knew that we could create a business out of it. And David is brilliant at it and he he flew with it. We did uh, go up quite big and then we we came down again because some of the flats weren't um, profitable and you have to look at each individual unit and decide which ones are any good so we got rid of the ones that weren't weren't uh, brilliant and then we built it back up again so um and we managed other people's as well so that's like a nice little business that we've had on yeah. the side um we decided that because we didn't want to run a business like that um, we wanted to go into shared houses because obviously there's a much greater um, cash flow with shared yeah. houses than single by to lets. So, the, you know, we, we believe in processes. So there is this process that you've got to do in, in terms of getting bigger. So because we'd already done rent to rent on serviced accommodation, it was really easy to go and tell agents about it and yeah. sort it all out. Um, and me and Will seemed to be really good at that. So that was our our job. So we, we deliberately went out to find rent-to-rent -rent HMOs. We found two very easily. Um, and we just worked on, we found two at the same time. Unfortunately, we were going to use the same contract for the first one as for the second one. And um, the first one was delayed because the agent was getting in the way and stuff. So right. once we'd sorted that contract out, actually the second one happened really quickly. And we've had those for three years now. So you say... Um, oh, we found these really easily. I can imagine people listening thinking, how? <laughs> how did you find them easily? Yeah, okay. Um, agents are really good. You know, they've got these properties that they're trying to rent out and you yeah. just go and talk to them. That's how we got service accommodation ones. You just go and talk to agents and tell them what you want. And If you've got a vision for your business and you've got a vision for what you want to achieve over the next few years, if you share that with as many people as possible, they can then help you. So what I was doing is going to into an agent and just going, look, we want to take on um, four um, HMOs. We're able to rent them from the landlords. Um, we'll give them a really good rent and they won't have to do anything. It's going to suit really well student ex-student accommodation. Have you got anything like that? Um, most of the agents, you know, probably 99% of the agents said no go away don't you know you're taking work out off me why are you doing that yeah. you only need one percent yeah to say yes and it's just been able to go through all the time and again it's just a process so you can't do it on a Saturday because they they're, they're overwhelmed with uh, the public probably not at the moment but they they were they're overwhelmed with public 
but you need you don't want to go in on a monday because they're they're trying to sort out stuff from the weekend so a tuesday wednesday or thursday are quite good days to go and um talk to agents so you just choose the days that you go and talk to them okay I know they're really good because they all cluster in a place, in the same place. So they're always around the same street. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it makes it easy. It just um, makes it easy. So you, but, you know, we're, there's the assumption here that you are confident to answer any questions because when you're starting out and you haven't done any property yet, there's the kind of imposter syndrome that comes in and says, well, what if they ask me a question I don't know how to answer it there's you know what if I am not coming across in the way that I need to be and they see through that it's all just fake <laughs> um well, so the, how do you answer that yeah what do you say to people who you know what's your advice because obviously you're in a different position now and yeah. you did have the education you did have probably um a really in-depth understanding so for people who are starting out what would you say to them well um it's, it's really good to not have to know all the answers and it's not embarrassing at all because I don't know all the answers because I only look at it. I, I'm only in charge of a tiny bit of the business. So if somebody asks me stuff, I'll go, OK, I'm not quite sure about that. I need to go and check with my director and my other director. OK, can I do that? And you know what? Most people go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah, know an answer the unknown, isn't it? Okay. If, yeah if you don't know an answer don't bluster it because okay. they'll see through you but if you yeah. go really i hadn't thought about that or uh, i'm not quite sure about that can i go away and find out most people are like yeah that's fine because you don't need to know all the answers nobody knows all the answers and, what about- and i think that comes from because you know i've got the 20 years experience in lecturing I don't have all the answers. And I was the teacher. They go, that's really good. I've never thought about it like that. Let's explore that for a bit. And I think because that's my character, I found that quite easy. Okay. So what if uh, the agent says, well, uh, let's see what you've got already or what have you, what's your experience? You- uh, well, that's a really good one. I, I don't have, uh, well, you could say, I don't have anything at the moment, but I'm working with some people that really know what they're doing. So they're advising me. Okay. And that's a really good way of just because it's all about putting it onto a third person. Yeah. And if you can put it onto a third person, that's really good. Um, You know, so even, you know, I've taught some of our coaches and even even I've said, use our website. Yeah. I I don't have a website. I'm not doing it at the moment, but I'm working with these people. Would you like to look at their website? And that's the sort of thing that we're going to do. And he said, even being able to say that, even though nobody's gone and looked at our website, gives them confidence. So. Yeah, definitely. I remember on my first letters that I sent out, I remember saying I was working with people and I was, I was paying for, you know, mentorship yeah. at the time. Yeah. And it's true that that, that was my credibility. You use somebody else's credibility. Yeah. That's what you're paying. If you're, if you're coaching yeah, and being mentored by somebody, that's what you're paying for as well as their knowledge and their time. You're paying for their credibility. So use it. Now you said landlord letters. Now we did send out landlord letters as well. It's really important to do, to do both. Um, because we put in and when we put the offer into the landlords we never to the agents we never phoned it in we would always type it up and we always type it up on an email and explicitly say why we were offering them that much and what the what sort of the deal was going to be 
So, you know, um, we think you're, you're getting this much rent. We think you've got this many costs. Therefore, because we're going to take on those costs and because you're going to have a reduced thing, this is how much rent we are going to pay. And we, we wrote it down in an email. So we're, we're very prescriptive in the way that we did it. But what that does is it makes it really easy for the agent because all they have to do is forward the email on to the landlord and they have a legal obligation if they've received an offer to forward it on to the landlord. Um, but if you try and do it, if they try and do it verbally, you do it verbally, yeah, no. they've got to do it verbally and it doesn't they work. It, yeah. Now, what we were doing was we were sending out landlord letters as well. And the first property that we got, there were... Um, four of us that went and were, were offering a rent-to-rent deal. Now, we weren't offering the most rent, but they recognised our name and our logo from letters that they'd received, right. and they'd received at least two letters. Yeah. So they said yes to us because right. they'd received right. letters, and yeah. we sort of built credibility with them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this family that owns this house also owned lots of others, and they then said to us, we've got others. Would you? Once they'd seen what we'd done, we've got others. Would you like to look at those? So we've taken more properties off them. Right. So it's it's been a really valuable, because you never know with landlord letters, everything, they cost a lot and is it worth it? Yeah. You never know where that is going to go. Um, and you uh, you don't know what ultimately what the um, where that is going to lead. So it's really valuable to be able to do it because that has led to, I don't know, thousands and thousands of pounds per month, even yeah. though it cost a lot of money to do the landlord letters. Yeah, and it does seem like a lot of money at the time if you start yeah. now. And, like, and it seems futile. Okay, I've got to spend two hundred pounds. I need yeah. to eat. You know, <laughs> why am I doing this? <laughs> which 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 provide do I go to go tenant or do I go to zero? Do I do landlord letters? But I think it's just do something, feel your way through it, and 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 just hold on for the ride. But and I'm going to take a bit of a left turn now. There's a lot of kind of, uh, I'd say, before people were probably thinking, well, what if there's voids? But now people are really thinking, what is going on? Where is the market? Do you have any feel? Obviously, you've got your own portfolio. Um, at the moment, I'm, you know, it's really quiet on my, my side of where we are. And I'm thinking, is it just November? Because November's always quiet. Is November it the fact December. Of, you know, November. Oh, God, we're in December already. No, no. Um, <laughs> is, 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 it just, is it just the fact that it's a time of year or, you know, obviously we're still in lockdown too. Um, it's both of those factors. But for people thinking, is this the time to get into these creative strategies where you're essentially guaranteeing an amount to an owner what what's your yeah. feeling on that um my feeling is that there's so much opportunity out there you might as well it could take a couple of months to get these deals over the line this is not something that happens overnight you have to be able to have lots of discussions with the agent and the landlord yeah i mean it took us from october or the beginning of october when we saw it all the way through until the february to sign our first contract so that's a long time so if you think if you started looking now you wouldn't actually have it completed until probably March or April, at which point we're going to be in, uh, we're going to have more uh, vaccines. We're probably going to be out of this, we're going into a spring. So, you know, the risk of it will be much better. By the time you've done any work on the property, you could be in April. So by then, 
you know, why wait? My thing is, why wait? Because there will be people there. There will be student landlords who are struggling, who haven't built properties, who are, who are now facing, you know, 20 grand black hole in their cash flow. Yeah. And if you can do something for them, that's brilliant. Even if, remember to negotiate with your landlord. People just go, oh, I've got one. Negotiate. <laughs> if it's something that's, that is going to improve the value of their property through structural, like a bathroom or a kitchen, get them to pay for it. For goodness yeah. sake, it's not your property decoration yes but and furniture but mm. not something structural so get them to do it you know our first one they spent over twelve thousand pounds just on the bathrooms and on our second one they spent fifteen thousand pounds on the on the bathrooms so you know they will do yeah. it because yeah. they, yeah, they, they need it yeah, yeah. so and, and if you've got work like that to, to be done then it, it's it's going to take time that that doesn't right. happen overnight so go for it now and start the negotiation because they're going to be struggling and you know you can step in and help them yes so you're um, feeling pretty confident that there are going to be enough uh enough tenants that's interesting well enough tenants yes for shared houses yes i think there will be enough tenants now we faced really you know brutally honest our, our um, rent roll dropped off an absolute cliff in March, April. April, yeah, once the thing was announced. We had, most of our tenants had been with us for a long time. So they were into their rolling contract and they just gave notice. And we had a lot of rooms empty and it was, oh my God, I think we were at 35% voids. Mm. It was really difficult. Now we negotiated with our landlords um, about, you know, look, we'll pay we took the portfolio as a whole we took the business as a whole we'll pay this proportion we're being fair to everybody and we were really really open because we've always found if you're open with people yeah. then they're happy um last month october and november were our best rent roll months ever oh really because we've managed to not only had we been um filling, we, we were from june onwards we were sort of like oh my God, every time we, we sold a room, we seem to lose a room. Yeah. And then we all of a sudden it snowballed and we got more mm. in. Now, what we did was look at the market. We adjusted our marketing. We adjusted our avatar. We adjusted our prices very slightly. And we just tweaked everything so that instead of attracting the graduates, the white collar workers, we've gone to the more skilled blue collar workers and some of the white collar workers. Yeah. So we've now got a slight mixture in our houses. And it's fine. We now only have a couple of rooms that are empty and those are only yeah. empty because people have moved yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So things are looking up. Yes. OK, that's positive to hear. So uh, what's next then? What's next on your... Uh, well, we've already bought, you know, we've, we've, sold, we've got rent to rents on our HMOs. Uh, we've bought some. We've got a purchase lease option that we're just completing and that is fantastic the valuation was brilliant okay. um that was really good the purchase lease option uh and we're now looking now you know because because it, it's it's a process we can now get bigger so we're now looking at doing more flips um well uh buy to rent yeah um and also um we'd like some small blocks of flats so we're looking okay. at between four and six blocks of flats what location? Um, Just, you know, in case anyone is listening. <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're looking in Worcestershire uh, because our properties are in Cheltenham, Gloucester and Worcester. And I like to be able to touch my properties. Yes. Very old fashioned. Um, I don't like I don't want them on my doorstep because yeah. the temptation is to go there too, too often. 
and just go, oh, well, I'll just pop in and do this. And you can't, you've, you know, you've got to think in that mindset that you're a bigger business and you can't do that. Would yeah. I do this if I had X many properties? And no, yeah. I wouldn't. So find a way around it. I always think, uh, you know, Simon Zucci isn't around there changing a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to be in that realm because that way you're just swapping one job for another and that's not what you want to do. So we've got, um, we're looking at, we like them to be half an hour or 40 minutes away because that is time where you have to think about how far you're traveling good point rather than just being around the corner yeah that's a good point great okay well that seems like a good place to wrap up so thank you very much is there any final comments you want to make that we haven't discussed yet well we're, we're all about we're not uh we're not coaches for um getting into property we're coaches that are there to help you build a business so we uh we work with people who have already got a couple of portfolio a couple of uh, uh, properties and who want to get bigger and need that that help to go from that self-employed i'm doing everything up to oh my god yeah i've got a system and i've got and it's all working correctly and then getting down into it so it's that transition um, so we work with people that are like that. And I've got a LinkedIn group if anybody would like to come and have a look. It's okay, the um, Property Business Booster Group because okay. it's about property, but it's also about business. And I think we're quite unusual. I don't know many people that are um, business coaches in property. Mm-hmm. So you know, we like a niche and that's our niche. Brilliant. And you, uh, I say recently, but actually... Uh, was it this year your book came out? Yes, I'm a best-selling author. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Building Your Property Business. So because my experience in uh, lecturing in business, I've got a first-class honours degree in business and a master's in educational assessment, so I know how to teach and I know about business. So I've taken all the best bits of all of the um the theory and the practical side of what big businesses are doing and I've distilled it down into how you can build it for a smaller business so how you can use all of those tools and those techniques that they use to be able to get yourself bigger because there's there's no reinventing the wheel everybody's done it before you just go and nick something from somebody else so we as I said we're really good at quarterly planning and we do uh, we also have our quarterly business booster which is a planning day just for property people to help plan their business and decide how they're going to grow it and we use all the tools and um, uh, knowledge that we've got to distill down to people and it's it's a really brilliant day Uh, we we thought it was going to be hard on zoom to do it but actually it's been brilliant everybody's been fantastic we've had some really good feedback about it so if anybody wants to connect with me on linkedin uh, I'm big on LinkedIn, so just connect with me on LinkedIn and message me and I can send you any links or get you onto our mailing list so that you don't never miss anything. Great. Well, if you can send us all the links, just send us uh, all the details to all of those uh, things we discussed and I'll put those in the show notes for you. Okay, brilliant. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Michelle. We'll see you next time. Thanks, okay. You take care. Bye.